When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Evening, everybody. Welcome along to the Ranger Drabble phone in on a Monday evening. My name is Brian, and I'm joined tonight by Wolf and Mark. Guys, how are we? Very good, mate. How was yourself? Been a while? Fine, well. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Haven't seen you for ages. Wolf, how are you? Yeah, fine, Brian. Thanks. Yeah. Are, you, are you surviving without the, the football? Nope. <laughs> it's been a couple of a couple of long, long, long ass weekends thinking what what did we do? I mean, it's not even the fact you can't go to games, there's not even football on the telly to watch. You know what I mean? No. That that I want to watch. Yeah. I mean soccer soccer helped me a little bit week, uh, last weekend. That at least that was a that was a game to watch, I suppose. But no, nah, just no. Just roll on next week when I get back to a game of football. And which game is that? The um the Lee, the Lee Rugby Memorial oh. Cup at at, uh, at Bury between the Rangers Legends and the Northwest Legends Select, where Rangers will be wearing this very top that I'm wearing now. And if you want to hear more about that, Wolf did a Good chat man. about it. Uh, it's on the Patreon site, so if you want to catch that, please it's check also, it out. It's on, Brian, it's also it's, a, it's free for all. It's also on YouTube as well. Because obviously the whole pre- the whole premise of it was to let people be aware of it and try and get folk to buy tickets for it, even if they're not going to the game. Uh, Gary and his good lady Marlene have got a, a a system going on where if you if you buy a ticket for the game but you can't go, if you email Marlene the ticket, she'll pass it on to a member of the the, ser- the service personnel that you know that just go a wee, a wee treat for them sort of thing. So yeah. and it's all money for the Lee Rugby Foundation. So. So there you go. It's free on YouTube, everyone. If you want to go catch up with it, it's really good. Yeah, Paul. Um, no dummy spot out. It was just I was wanting the rules followed, and Martin did it eventually after a VAR check. But I think Lee, I think Lee got I think Lee got done with his um, his autocorrect. His autocorrect done Lee. No, well, got to be more careful with the old autocorrect. 
Yes, anyway, folks, yep, it's, a, it's a show yes. for you guys tonight. It's what you, if you want to phone in with a topic, anything to do with Rangers, get your calls in. Get and ask Wolf and Mark because they are not shy in telling you what they think. So, Mark, news today or crept out that Rangers had seemingly bidded for uh, a centre half from Leeds, uh, Creswell. Now. This was a, a, I didn't sort of see much of it until this morning, and allegedly we've made a bid, but uh, it's been rejected. Uh, I think the Athletic were reporting it, and yeah, do you know much about this guy? I really don't. Um, the The first thing I done was I took a screenshot of the, of the the fact that would um, would would put in an offer for for this boy and. Um, I pinged it to my my good friend Wady, who is a Millwall fan. Uh, I think uh, Wolf's met him as well. Mil- lovely lad, lovely lad, right, lovely guy. So I pinged, pinged at him. I pinged it to him with the the comment, "This boy any good?" And he come back to me saying he's a cracker, scores a lot of goals as a defender. I think he's so obviously must be very dominant in the air. I take it. Um, it can't be much more dominant than the, the other boy Cooper that's that's next to him. I think he's about six foot eight. So um good reports from him. So as I said, I'll I'll, I'll take Wade's word for it. I, tr- I, I trust that he's a he's a mad Millwall fan, doesn't really miss many games. So I'll take his word for it that he's not a badging. Yeah, well, this guy's meant to be uh he played 30 games for Millwall, I believe, last season. Um 20 year old uh, England under 21 international. Is this the sort of player and sort of age group that Michael Beals should be like uh, targeting? Well, he fits the age profile and the fact that he played in the English Championship, which is where Michael Beal came from, you'll certainly be aware of him from there. I don't know if I don't know if the pass were across in his time at Millwall. I don't know if QPR played Millwall before Michael Beal joined us or not. I don't know whether they would have, you know you've seen him play that up up close and personal, so to speak. But he certainly, he certainly fits the age profile, and if it's somebody that he's after, then I think we'll probably. I mean, we may eventually get him. I mean, the, the, they're saying you know the first bid's been rejected. That's fine. That's what happens. I mean, you don't you don't go in with your top bid straight away. You know, what I mean, we probably expect the first bid. To, you know, I mean, if you're if you're buying a car off somebody or a house off somebody, you expect your first bid to get knocked back. You know what I mean? So. Same with football players, you go in, we were probably expected to get knocked back, and then we'll, if we're serious, we'll go in by a higher bid. And then our first bid will be lower than we, than we expect to pay, and their asking price will be higher than they expect to get. And we'll meet somewhere in the middle and probably get them for a realistic price, you know. Um, I mean, listening to your chat with, with Mark Mellon on in the, on the Daily Rabble, he doesn't seem to be on a, a hell of a lot of cash either, you know what I mean? So, um, so really, they can't hold out for too much because if, if if they hold out for silly money for him, he can come out there and say, well, hold on a minute, you're valuing me at £8 million, but you're paying me the wages of a guy that's worth £2 million. So you either let me go for what you value me at or pay me more money. That's the way that's going to work, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I think you've actually his profile. I don't know the first thing about the guy. But, I mean, if Wadey's mm-hmm. a good having, having having spent a game at Ibrox with Wadey, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Steph, how much was the bid reported? Uh, not sure, actually. There's not really a, a sort of a amount that's been reported. It's just a, a bid's been t- uh, turned down. Um, most websites are reporting these valued around between four and five million. So 
and his wages were roughly around the five thousand mark. So yeah, I mean, it's the wages wouldn't be an issue. It's just a matter of what uh, Leeds are looking for and if if they're wanting to get rid of him. So yeah, and then Mark, the other news obviously broke yesterday that uh, the Scott Wright deal to Preston is off, and Rangers uh, have allegedly said that the money that's been offered by Preston wasn't enough or the valuation wasn't met. Now, I think I said today with Martin and the Daily Rabble that, you know, I think that's a good thing that Rangers have actually said no because they haven't offered enough. Um, Do you agree with that? For me, I I don't, I mean, I don't think we did. I think we got them in a free. I'm not 100% sure. I might be, I might be making that up, but. It's part of McCrory deal, wasn't it? Aye, the boys not going to the boys not going to get game time, especially with the kind of caliber of player that we're bringing in. Um, he was hardly getting game time as it was with this side, and we were struggling for strikers and and creative options. So, I think if you can get a million quid for him, I mean, as far as I was concerned, I thought the deal would have been done because this kind of this kind of came out about a month ago, a month and a half ago, probably. And um, as I said, I thought I thought the deal was done. I thought it was just formalities, and it just went really, really quiet. Um, and to be fair, I actually forgot all about the, the the fact that it was it was going there or it was reportedly going there. So um, I feel a wee bit strange that all of a sudden the, the deal's off and they're looking elsewhere. Um, are they are they holding out for maybe too much? I don't know. I mean, yes, I dare say he's probably not in great wages either. So it's not a big deal. But for me, I think that. Um, it's something that Wright needs to push through. I think he's a he's a young boy that I think needs to he needs for his own career and his own sake. I think he needs to move on. Um, he, he had chances. He, he probably had more chances than most at, uh, at Rangers, but I think it's maybe time to move him on. And I, and I think that if we're squabbling over a couple of hundred thousand, I would just get shot at him. Something like that. Well, let's be honest, Mark. There's no there's no need to get rid of him at the moment. I mean, if there's if there is as as the report other clubs in for him, then we can hold off. You know what I mean? Because like you say, he's not on a lot of money. The season's still what, six weeks away, so still, no, we, we can hold we can hold off on on selling them. Um, and like Brian's kind of insinuating, you know, I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of Rangers just saying take the first offer and letting people go for for next to nothing. I mean, Scott Wright's played played in a European final, he scored in a cup final. You know what I mean? So that's that's all bargaining power for us. I mean, I, I agree with you. Get a million pound from snap their hand off, but if there is other suitors in there. Why snap the hand off now? Just leave it. Wait and see what happens. Give it a couple of weeks. And bear bear in mind as well, Scott Wright's going to be in the honeymoon because he got married last week. So he's not going to be about. I know players, I know it's the agents and all that that do it these days, but he still needs he still needs to agree to it. So he can't, you know, he can't exactly go and sign a contract because I'm assuming he'll be somewhere nice and nice and sunny with his new wife. So I don't think there's any rush to put this one through. No. Uh, the phone lines are open, as you can see at the bottom, folks. 01416287237. Get your calls in. Wolf and Mark are here to answer any questions that you have. Uh, it could be transfers. It could be boardroom stuff. It could be anything to do with Rangers. And they will do their best to answer. Uh, does that Does this link with... A uh, Creswell Mark, in a sense, does does, does 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 as somebody said in the comments, does that make the Panzo deal a bit more difficult, or is you know what's what do you what, how, what do you read into that? 
Yeah, I t- I, as I said, I think that that's a wee, a wee bit of a strange one, but I'm hoping that maybe this is this is more of a project player rather than rather than somebody that's going to come in and come into first um, first team. I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, whether it is or not, it's two different things. But yeah, it seems to be all went a bit quiet in the the, the Panzo deal as well. So don't really know. Is uh, is this boy the kind of caliber of of uh, boy that's going to go straight into our side and and uh, playing Champions League qualifiers and going to Champions League? I don't I don't think so. I don't see it. As I said, I, I probably see it more as a as a, a bring them in. Let's nurture him and see if we can get the best out of the boy and, and hopefully he can kick on. So for me, more of a project than than actually somebody that's going to come in and get into the first team. So I'm hoping that the Panzo deal is still, still alive and kicking. Yeah. Now, Wolf, I'll come to you for this one. The news came obviously today that uh, along the M8 there's a, a new manager and Gaz is asked a question. Uh, is there any worries with Brendan Rodgers going back down along the M8? Is that anything for you to be concerned about, Wolf? Couldn't care less. They could have they could have Mauricio Pochettino in there. If we get our business done right and the way we should be doing it, doesn't matter who their manager is. It's all about us. It's all about Rangers. It's what we do. I mean, yes, Brendan Rodgers is a decent manager. He did great with them the first time around, but I mean, what everybody has to remember is when he was there first time and he won seven trophies out of seven, he had that un- that invincible season when they could beat seven nothing to Barcelona in the same season. So how that makes him invincible, I'm still trying to work that one out three or four years later. Um, but I mean, he was up against the Rangers team with Rod- Rob Kiernan in the centre of defence. He's not up against that now. I don't I don't care who their manager is. They could have they could have four or five of the best managers in the world in there picking their team. As long as Michael Beale and our board get our, get our business right, bring in the players that we need to bring in to a system that. We want to play, no problem at all. Because for me, the big, the biggest problem with that Rogers is going to have, right? And I don't watch anything of Celtic other than when they play us. That's that's well documented. But from what I understand about the players that Postecoglou brought in, he brought in players to play his system. He didn't bring in players and build a system around them. He be, it was basically plug in, plug in and play. This is how I play. So you fit there, you fit there, you fit there. Systems totally different to Rogers. So he's now got to take those players who are used to playing the way they were brought in to play, to play a completely different system. It's not going to be the picnic they seem to think it's going to be from, from what I've seen on social media. But to answer to answer Gaz's question, I couldn't care less who their manager is. If we get it right, we win, t- we win titles, we win trophies. If we don't get it right, we don't deserve to win titles and trophies. I think I said as much this morning with Martin. So yeah, it's a case for me doesn't matter who their manager is, as, as you said, Wolf, as long as we get our businesses done and, and the coaching staff, you know, train us right, I don't see any issues with what's happening. But, you know... You, you did, Brian, but you weren't as eloquent as I was. Sorry? You did, but you weren't as eloquent as I was. No, no, I wasn't. Yes, yes, I... Yeah. So, eh... Uh, there's also the news up front, Mark. Now, um, there's, there's there's been links all over the place. Um, Duvakis was linked with us, or seemingly the Athletic quoted that um, we were, you know, going to bid for him. Uh, I think Hart and Hand quashed that, you know, not not long after. Um, we've been linked with strike. You know, Dessers is still that rumours are still going around. 
Uh, Maja's not moved from Bro uh, Bordeaux. So for me, I still think, Mark, we need to go out and get an out-and-out -out number nine that's, you know, going to do the business for us. Do you feel the same? 100%. I, I did see today as well that uh, Dessers is there's a, a link with Torino as well. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you spoke about it earlier. Um, so that, that's maybe a, a, something I read that said there might be a wee span in the works regarding Dessers because of this. So I think Torino finished mid-table, I think, safely in mid-table. And um, what I read was there's, there's, um, there's maybe a wee bit of interest from Torino as well, which might hold up the deal. Um, from what we read, this deal was a, a fair bit down the road, um, and I think it was only a matter of time. But now, obviously, this has kind of muddied the waters a wee bit. Um, does he does he pick Serie A, playing in a big league, a small club, or does he come and uh, fight for fight for titles and championships and play in Europe? Yeah, that's that just shows you the desire of the man. So. If you if you look at that and and if he's got that kind of choice to make, but I think that we still need two strikers. Um, I think looking at it, uh, Lamars is is definitely not going to be. Um, I don't think he's going to be an out and out striker. So for me, I think priority is at least one number nine that's going to score your goals, but preferably if it was my money, two strikers and hundred percent priority. Absolutely. Uh, before you come in, Wolf, Cameron is waiting. Cameron, evening, how are we? Hi, gents, I'm no bad, how are we? Not, not too bad, thanks. What have you got to ask Wolf and Mark? I, um, just to follow up on uh, what Wolf was saying about um, the Brendan Rodgers scenario, I completely agree with him. You know, I couldn't care that he's came back because at the end of the day, I'm seeing a lot of folk on you know different kind of social media and all that saying oh um we're gonna lose the league and all that now that he's back but as well said we have to remember the team that he the, the Rangers team that he was playing against it was an absolute shambles you know we had players like Rob Clearman and and and, and, and who else and, and Bruno Alves and, and all those kind of players um I think, you know, I think we're in a good place, Rangers. I think the signings we've made so far, I think it doesn't matter who they've got in. They could have Zinedine Zidane for all I care. I think next season, I think he's in for a real shock because the team that we've got now is a hundred times better than the team that we had. And what... What's the most pressing part of the team that you're wanting to see Beal strengthen? Is it the striking options or is it the centre-half position? Um, I would... So, I, I would like to see... I would like to see a player in each get brought in because I'm a fan of Goldson. I know I know he's had these doubters, but I have always stood behind him. I think he's a fantastic defender. I think on his day, he's the best defender in the league, hands mm. down. Um Obviously, um, Ben Davies, I'm not too keen on. And obviously, because um, Suter has had his injury problems. So, I would like to see a young centre-back be brought in. I would prefer Hanzo to Cresswell because I just think he's suited better to the league. I think he's a tall boy. He's very physical. And I think 
as you mentioned about the um, number nine role, obviously Cholak and Lammers. Um, I don't think Lammers will be number one next season. I think I would like to see um, Cyril Dessers brought in. I think he's a I've seen a bit of him, and I and I think he's he's got some real talent. Um, but you know, obviously, it might be tougher to get him in because they're wanting around five and a half. Six million pounds for him, but mm. I would like to see a centre back and a number nine come into the club. Yeah, I mean, Wolf, this boy Dessers is, you know, it's there's no smoke without fire. It's not going away that rumour. Um, I think I think we've all been guilty of looking at his stats and just saying, no, he's not scoring enough, not good enough for us. But I think we've got, you know, if Michael Beale likes what he sees and you know he feels there's something in him, we've just got to trust the manager, haven't we? Well, the manager's so so far he's two from two because the only two signings he's made that we've actually seen play have hit the ground running. They've come in and uh, obviously Catwell and Raskin they've done the business. And he's brought in he's brought in four players that we haven't seen it we haven't seen any of them play for us because obviously it's a close season and they're not they're, they're not back till another month here or whatever uh, playing. But if he wants somebody and he goes to get them, that's fine. We'll have to trust the judgment because at the moment he's the man making all the decisions. There's nobody. Michael Beale's in the situation, he can't blame anybody else. You know, if a broadcasting came out and said, look, the board didn't back me, well, they're backing, they're backing Michael Beale, we believe. Director of football didn't back me, we haven't got one of them at the moment. So it's all down to Michael Beale. And he seems to be, he seems to be bringing in players that he knows, players that there's arguments for and against. Obviously, there's arguments for and against every player. I mean, I don't like looking at stats. I, as I said the other night, I just like using the eye test, see what, see what these guys are really like playing for us. He won't get every signing right because nobody ever does. There will be one, possibly two, that that don't work out or don't work out initially, for whatever reason. I mean, it takes some it takes some players longer to settle than others. You know, uh, some will hit the ground running straight away. But I mean, I agree. I agree with Cameron. We need to bring in another centre half. I think Ben Davies will go. I think somebody in the championship will give us all money back for him, and that would that would fund the purchase of another centre back. Because obviously, you know, if we sell Ben Davies for three million and bring in somebody for three million. That's washed its face. It's not cost us anything. We need we need a goal scoring striker. But let's not forget, at the moment we've still got Tony Cholak, who I do expect to go. So I don't think Michael will fancy him, but he's still he's still in the building at the moment. And if you believe if you believe his Instagram, KMR Roof's fit and firing. And if we can get KMR Roof fit and keep him fit, best striker in the league by a country mile. The problem is. Do we do we gamble on him staying fit and not bring somebody else in? As Mark said, we do we need two strikers. Do we bring in one and gamble that Roof stays fit? Or do we bring in two and then Roof stays fit and we'll get somebody unhappy because they're not getting games? I mean, that's that's a difficult one, but as Cameron says, I would certainly bring in at least another centre half and at least another striker, probably two strikers. Yeah, definitely. Good points, Cameron. Thanks for phoning. Call in again. Boys, have okay, a good night. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Yeah, Mark. I mean, it's you know, it's certainly a, a hot, a hot topic with the fans. You know, the the, the, the striking options and centre half options. You know, there's folks saying, you know, although nobody's came out of the club saying that Davies is you know going to leave. You know, that rumours won't go away. You know, Goldson injury, and then Suter's injuries. You know, there's there's a bit of concern in that two areas of the pitch, isn't there? 
Yeah, but I don't, I don't see what the fuss is about with Davis. I mean, I've, I went a rant before about, uh, about <laughs> Davis and the fact that nobody fancies him in this and that. And he said, he said one, maybe two shaky games as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then the bipolar Rangers fan kicks in, and all of a sudden he's no good enough. So I mean, we sell him for three and a half million or three three million. Are we are we getting better for three and a half million? Um, it's probably probably if you're spending three million, three and a half million, you're not going to get a ball playing left sided centre half that's going to be dominant in the air and dominant in the deck. So you just kind of get them for that kind of money. So the problem is you need to kind of decide whether you want one or the other. If Goldson's your ball playing centre half, then you for me you go for a big strong, dominant in the air, dominant in the deck, big strong, uh, fast centre half to pair with him. Um, I think that Davies is, is kind of a similar type player to Goldson. Um, maybe Goldson's a wee bit more solid, but he's he's a, a good footballer. And generally centre halves in Scotland don't really need to be good footballers. Um, but look, he's our player. He's got a few years left in his contract. I would I would keep him. I would bring somebody in to, to push him for the position and try and make him better rather than think, oh, he's no good enough and, and punt him. Because for what I've seen him, he's a decent centre-half and he's very good with the ball at his feet. So are we going to get better for that three million? As I said, you could you could spend four million and bring him in and all of a sudden we're doing the same as what we what we done last season by centre-halves that we left off. Can we bring him back? Can we bring him back? So, um, I don't know. As I said, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good centre-half. Very good at the ball on his feet. All right, he's maybe no a big, ugly, dominant centre-half, but do we really need a big, ugly, dominant centre-half when we've got 80% of the ball all the time? Or do we need somebody that's good with the ball at his feet? So, don't know. I, me, personally, I would keep a hold of him, bring somebody in to fight for a position a la Panzo. I think it's a great bit of business. I think that if Davis stays, then there's two left-sided centre-halves that are going to compete for that that uh, position, that starting slot, is exactly what you're after. Um, so for me, if you sell Davis, you need to bring, I would say bring in two centre-halves. So what's the point when we've already got one? It's decent as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Liverpool don't buy crap. It's as simple as that. So striking-wise as well, I think we'd, we desperately need a striker. We need somebody that's going to score us 20 goals a season. Um, and for me, this is our biggest problem, rather than talking about centre-halves and stuff like that. I think that that's our main, should be our main focus. And and I think that, for me, that's where we should have been bringing somebody in straight off the bat. We should have had, that should have been the first deal over the line to bring in the the striker that's going to be our number nine moving forward. I know Cholak's there. Same again. Exact same as... I feel the same about Cholak as I do about Davis. We've got a guy there that can score goals. Why are we selling him? Um, if he's scoring goals, if he can get his 16, 18 goals a season, then let's let's get give, get him in there, get another tour in about him that are gonna that are gonna fight for fight for places and stuff like that. That for me is only gonna make all these guys better as long as there's if there's somebody breathing over your over your shoulder and breathing down your neck, then it's gonna make you get your finger out. Or it'll prove the fact that they're no good enough and then come January, that's when you sell them. But I think that as it stands at the minute, we need to spend money in a striking position. I mean, Rolf, Shona's come in with this question. You know, it was his first season, Ben Davis. 
I don't think he played regular football much before that. Um, is it a case of, you know, get a good preseason under Michael Beale and hopefully he'll become the player that we all hope he is? Yeah, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actively be looking to get rid of Ben Davies or Anthony Cholak, right? I wouldn't be saying, look, these guys are for sale. Glenn, Glenn Kamara is for sale. There's a for sale sign around his neck, right? He is getting sold, right? I would only sell Davies and let's throw Cholak into this as well, right? If the right bid comes in. Because yeah. we'll get we, we could get my money back on Davis now. I don't think we could this time next year. If we're looking at it from that point off. of view. Fine. We'll stop your mid-flight. Connor is waiting. Connor, evening, how are we? Not too bad, lad, yourselves. Yeah, not bad, not bad. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, the, the centre-half thing that we're talking about there, listen, I, I think we need, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, we have to get rid of Davies or that, but I do think we need to get a, a big sort of strong centre-half in because um, we don't have it. And how many goals did we concede for set pieces last season? Um, and not just last season, but arguably, um, you know, the season before at the tail end, it was pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> and goals that you concede like that, that can cost you titles. It can cost you points in games as it has done um, and far too often this season it's been too easy for teams to do it so you need somebody who can go and command and be that presence and I don't think we've got that we've got defenders who are good with the ball at their feet I think Suter can at times have that but he's not big enough in terms of his height's not necessarily where you want him to be so I just think maybe getting somebody else in the door um, that can do that role um, you know we've seen Eddie Martin that's about the kind of players we used to have in defence, like Baguera, Papach, Davey Weir, who could command an area when a ball was coming mm. in and get you started in a counter-attack almost instantly for their clearances. Um, and we've no had that, really. You know, Balligan had a bit of that about him, but they lost him. Hellander was injured most of last season. I mean, he was really the last sort of big one we had. Barisic, he's got the height, but I don't think he's got the, the quality for it because he, get, he just switches off some things too much. Um, so I, I do think a proper strong centre back wouldn't he? Wouldn't he go and miss in that team? Do you feel it's either Panzo or a uh, Creswell that's the sort of preferred one for you? Um, well, uh, Creswell would probably be the preferred one, but then there's maybe a slight it's the bias of the fact that obviously where he's played and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously playing down south, Panzo. I get some Panzos. I wouldn't mind him either to see what he could mm. do. Um, but either one of those would be good. And I don't think you have to come at, at expense because you need rotation at, at, at the back. Last season, we lacked that because of the injuries. And what we've seen was when we were having to bring in certain replacements, it wasn't working. You know, Leon King, I think, is a fabulous young player. But I don't want to see him having to come in and play in games, uh, you know, big, big games that he's not ready to be playing in yet because we've not got cover. So mm. you can always bring a Creswell or a Panzer and still have Davies sort of, um, and players like that there. It's all about rotation, especially when you're looking to play in at least four competitions next season. Yeah. I mean, Mark, he makes a good point there. You know, Goldson's the sort of the number one centre-half that we have, we need, and he's the ball-playing centre-half. And, you know, as Connor's saying, we kind of need a, a big bruiser in there now, you know, to effectively to take, you know, put his head where he shouldn't, you know, put his body on the line. That's kind of the sort of style we're needed, isn't it? Yeah, let's listen. I hundred percent agree with that. The point, the point about rotation. I think for me as well, 
I'm old school. I like a big ugly centre half just to be a big ugly centre half. Um, <laughs> for me, this this whole pretty thing about I, I like to see a centre half that's going to dominate, not let anybody get a sniff of the ball, win everything in the air, and you can tell as soon as a, as soon as a centre, a centre forward gets anywhere near him, you can tell that he's just in fear for his life. So, but I think there's a place for that, and there's a game for that. Exactly, exactly what the caller said there for rotation. So for me, I would always have a big ugly centre half in there for for games where um, you're you're playing against your Kilmarnocks and your Dundees and Dundee Uniteds and and a and a, and a cold winter's night, and you're you're needing somebody that's just going to go in there and and and, and rather than somebody that's going to be silky and. He's got his centre half, got his gloves on, and all. He's trying. So I get that. I hundred percent agree. As I said, I, I, there's there's a place in every team, as far as I'm concerned, for a big ugly centre half, as well as as well as somebody that's nice, that looks looks a partner, and pings lovely thirty yard balls. As I said, for me, it's always been. If you look at all the great teams over the years, there's always been one one of each in each each team. I said further further up the food chain you go, you can get big ugly centre halves that can play the play the ball play with the ball at their feet. So as I said, but they're stupid money. They're a hundred over a hundred million now, these these kind of players. But yeah, hundred percent. I'm 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 all for I'm all for that and uh being able to, to pick and choose depending on the game you're playing. Hundred percent Mark 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 spot on sorry Brian, Mark spot on. on you go. That big that big ugly centre half has to be given a copy of the the Davy Weir manual. And if you're in the shite, just get rid of it. None of this trying to play football when you're, you know, when you're up yeah. against it. You know, you really, you know, just just get it, get get it out. But I think uh, Shona in the comments made a in the, the chat made a comment there. She actually stole my thunder a little bit uh, with regard to the the set pieces that we've lost an awful lot of goals from. Most of the players that the managers bringing in, they're all big lads. They're all six foot plus, and obviously when it comes to defending set plays, you know, you load the you load the box with them. There's not a lot of room for these big guys to get in. So it doesn't mean we don't need. Height, height in the defence because obviously we do, but if there's going to be height all over all over the team, we're going to be, we should hopefully be much better at defending, you know these these bombs that people throw in because that's all they do against us in Scotland. This time, win free kicks and in corners and throw in high balls. So if we've got the personnel to try and defend them, hopefully that's a good a good jump off point. But we also need, um, as, as Connor says, you know, we also need guys that can ping the ball up the park. To pick the player out, they stand on the halfway line to run through. Whether it's Matondo, Sakala, Scott Wright, a and other that we haven't brought in yet, you know, to run at the defences and score the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, ma magic uh, phone call. Thanks for uh, thanks for phoning. Cheers, lads. Have a good day. Thanks, Connor. <clears throat> Cheers, mate. Okay, have Cheers. a good one. Yeah, markets. You know, it's a common theme. There's a lot of people. Can I say something agreeing. here? That was my best attempt at a Graham Soonis accent. I must, uh, I, I deeply, deeply apologise. Uh, can, can we, um, actually, on the subject of Graham Soonis, um, fantastic work for the charity, Deborah. I thought it was important that we mentioned it, where he swam the channel to France and he's raised over a million pounds, like I say, for the charity, Deborah. Um, absolutely phenomenal, Wolf. And, you know, Graham in the past has obviously had these, you know, heart issues health issues, um, so at his age to be going to do something like that, for, for anything, for doing that for anything in, in his condition is phenomenal. It's incredible, I mean, a 70-year-old doing anything like that, just, I mean, a 17-year-old doing anything like that is incredible, you know, it's just, for a man in his condition, 
particularly because he's had, had heart issues in the past and he's had a few health scares in between. Absolutely tremendous. I mean, to raise over a million pounds. I mean, obviously, the fact they've gone big, I think there was a team of them did it, and the fact they've gone big on the fact that Graham Soonis was doing it was obviously to get people to donate because he's the biggest name of the of the, the people involved in it. It's got to be fantastic. I mean, it's fantastic doing it for any charity. A charity like Deborah, I mean, absolutely tremendous. Just superb. I mean, if I was wearing a hat, I would, I would, I would certainly doff it, doff it to him. You know, I mean, I've, I've done a few bits for charities over over the years, but there's no way I'd even look at swimming the channel. You know what I mean? No, no, it was absolutely phenomenal. But I, I just, I felt as if we had to give that a mention. Um, and one other point I wanted to put to you guys, and it was a comment, and I think it may have been Philip that made the comment. And he was talking about how we feel getting, getting into the Champions League qualifiers and how confident we are. But I kind of wanted to, to switch the question and then jump out because I don't want to answer it. Um, with regards to playing in the Champions League, are we A, capable? I suppose capable and good enough is actually the same question. So, you know, are we good enough or would you prefer? Obviously, the money's the big talking point here, right? But would you prefer to see us drop into the Europa League and try and have a run at that? Or do we need to get that money for the group stages of the Champions League, even if we go into a group and we end up with some of the same results that we got last season? And with that question, I'll see you all later. Right, Brian, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump all over that because we won't get the same results as we got last season simply because the Champions League's getting played the way the Champions League should get played. You've got yeah. a, a weekend between the games. It's not three games, three games in three weeks, then a wee break and then three games in three weeks. So if you do have a bad result, you've got a bit of time to recover from it because you've got you know another midweek plus the two weekends to recover from it. We also, there is absolutely no chance on this earth we'll be drawn in a group as difficult as the one we got last year. Absolutely. I mean, I'd be flabbergasted if anybody got a group as difficult as that because, I mean, that was horrendous, the teams that we got. You know, when you consider the team we got out of pot three were, were, the, were the form team in Europe, went on to win the Scudetto by a country mile, went deep into the Champions League. You know I mean? The whole, the whole nine yards with Napoli. You know, that's, that's incredible. You know, it's, I mean, Gallant Pioneers buying on, right? What's the hardest group you could probably ever get? So we have to, we have to be realistic and look at it. So look, we need to get in the Champions League because that's where the money is. That's where the kudos is. And being realistic, we're going to go, if we go into the Champions League, we go in in pot three and we need to look to finish third. Finishing second would be brilliant, right? But even finishing second, the chances are we'd be out, we'd be out the first knockout round. Because we'd play a group winner, and let's be honest, we're probably we're probably not ready for that. But if we could, if we could get third, which we should be favourites to get coming in in pot three, then you get a wee run at the Europa League and see what happens. You know, as well go part? that way. Is going to Europa League group, Europa League group stages. It would just it would be interesting if, if anybody wanted to phone in with their thoughts on that. Oh one four one six two eight seven two three seven. Let us know what you think about the whole uh, European situation. It'd be good to hear from. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wolf makes a good point, Mark. I mean, we're in pot. If if we made the Champions League, we'd be pot three, um. So we'd we'd have obviously moved up a bracket com from, compared to where we were last year, um. And you know, we we would be looking at the pot four team and thinking, right, we've to, you know, the mentality changes then when you're in pot three, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, my my thoughts on it are, 
listen, Champions League's where everybody wants to be. That's the Champions League's gives you the goosebumps. It gives you that hail in the back of your neck standing up. It's it's you're playing against all the big boys. You're you're in the big boys' playground, and that's where everybody wants to be. Now, last season we took a few right downs. I mean, we took a few sore ones. Um but to be fair, I think we took a few sore ones with the fact that we had a kind of mismatch of a of a team. It was kind of patchwork a lot of the time, and I'm not putting any excuses on that. But I mean, listen, we had an 18 year old boy playing at centre half against some of these fantastic top tier teams. So um, I would like to think that the work we're doing at the moment will stand as probably in better stead um, with us going into Champions League if we if we make it because it's not going to be easy getting in there. Um, but when you look at it cold light of day, um, Europa League's probably probably more will level as it stands at the minute. Um, Bill gets another season under his belt. We progress, we win the league. Um, we, we build on what he's, what he's, he's bringing in players-wise and stuff like that. And, and um, next season, we maybe look more like a Champions League side, as I said, at the minute. Um, I think it might just be a, a step too far, and I really, really, really don't want us to take the doings that we did take um, again. Um, although, as I said, my, my head says maybe Europa League, my heart says 100% Champions League, so I kind of conflicted a wee bit. Um, realistically, but as I said, if we take the Take the rose, the rose, I'll we'll call it the blue tinted glasses because it always is. Um, we take them off and look at it in the cold light of day. Probably we can maybe go further in the Europa League, um, but Champions League is where it's at, and that's kind of where we want to be. That's where the money is. See that comment I, I pulled up off about was it what if Bill's comment, um, basically saying you know there was a lot of things happened last year, you know, in the Champions League, you know, we got. We got well, three arguably really tough. Yeah, we were good enough against to qualify via merit. Defeated two really good sides in the Dutch and the, the in Dutch PSV in Belgium. Uh, when we really had bad luck when injuries at the centre half position last year, certain players weren't performing. You know, I mean, there were, there was a lot of factors last year, wasn't there as well? I mean, I'm certainly not saying if we were at full strength we would have beat any of them, but we certainly wouldn't have been as bad as we were. Well, I mean, as as we said. As I said earlier, I mean, we've got the toughest group you could anybody could possibly have got without any without any question. And the fact that the games were back to back to squeeze in the World Cup didn't give anything to recover from it, either physically or mentally. Right? On top of that, we had we had 18 year old Leon King playing at centre half beside the defensive midfield player that we had to draft in because the centre halves were all injured. I mean, the whole Champions League campaign turned at half time in the Liverpool game at Ivorich when Conor Goals went off injured. I mean, I mean, remember, we were one, one more Liverpool at halftime. Goldson went off injured, and it all felt a bit after that, because he was the guy that he's the guy that was that was leading the defence because he was the most experienced person in the defence at the time. So we had we had loads and loads of bad luck, but let's not blame bad luck. Let's not go. Let's not pretend we're them and start start bleating about it. We got host all over the Champions League. It was embarrassing, right? That's one of the reasons we need to get back into it and prove that that was a, that that was an anomaly that we can compete in the Champions League. I'm not saying we could draw Man City or Real Madrid and beat them, right? But we could make a fist of it. We wouldn't get, I don't believe for a second, we'd get beat anything like the way we got beat. I mean, to lose three goals in Amsterdam in 25 minutes, embarrassing. I mean, seeing Rangers fans try to fight with Stewards to get let out of the ground at half time because they weren't letting them out, it's crazy. 
You know what I mean? We should, we we won't be in that position again because we're building a squad that's better than that. You know, that's why we need a squad. We need players that have got the experience. Leon King's now got the experience of. I mean, it's not. I don't think it was an accident that we didn't see Leon King basically after the Champions League run until the end of the season because he played far far too much football at a higher level and they had to give the guy a break. Yeah, they had to because his head must have been shattered, right? So he probably expected to play that amount of football over the course of the season. He played it in two months, three months. You know what I mean? So they, they put him back on plan, brought him in at the end of the season. You know, there's no, I don't think there's any way that we'll take that, we'll take that type of pumping again. And we need to get back into the Champions League just to prove that we can actually fight at that level. I mean, you've got to look, if you look back at Club Bruges, to compare us to another team of from a, probably a comparable league, right? They've been in they've been in the Champions League something like five out of the last seven years. In the first two or three years, they struggled. They really struggled, but then they got used to it, and the players got used to it, and their fans got used to it, and their management got used to it. And then they got some good. They got out of the group stages last season because they've, they've had a few shots at it, and they know they know how to cope with it. You know, so we need to be looking at going for that. But as I say, we've got to be looking again at the Champions League because that's where the money and where the kudos is, and then finishing finishing third. And having a go at the Europa League and see what happens from there. Because if if it's all about just going far in Europe, we should be looking to completely collapse and end up in the Conference League because we could probably win that. But we don't want to be in that because that means we're failed in two other competitions. I mean, it's it's a difficult mark, isn't it? You know, the, the riches of the Champions League is there, you know, and if you get there, then all the money comes with it. But you're kind of, in, in some respects, you're, you're almost... You're not resigning yourself to no football after Europe, but it's very difficult, isn't it? You know, albeit yeah. we'll be in pot three this year, but you know, the Champions League is just a completely different level, isn't it? Yeah, just just to just to um to uh, Sharpie said there if I got a stiff neck. I've actually got a tap nerve in my neck, Sharpie. I've since since I come back for holiday, so this is the first day I've I've felt half decent. I've managed to come on to a pod. But anyway, yeah, back to your yeah, no Champions League's where it's meant to be, Brian. I mean, that's 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 where our heart is. That's where our passion is. That's what we want to see. That's I, I mean, forget even forget the money. But you want to play against you want to see us play against the best teams in the world. Simple as that. So this is this is where we want to be. As I said, the the money is great, but as I said, obviously the money's staggered as well. So you need points. You need to do well to to earn. Top top um, top top money here. Yeah. So, as I said, it's it's that pool. It's, it's your heart in your head. I mean, your your heart wants you to be there with the big guys. It wants you to be. You want to see us test ourselves against your AC Milan's, your Man United's, your Barcelona's. You want to you want to play the cream. Everybody wants to come and see these these teams play at Ibrox and and sample that atmosphere because it's electric. It's absolutely fantastic. But as I said. The football side of things, as I said, Europa League, I would think, probably were, probably were level uh, where we should be. Um, but do you know what? I'm all for giving it a right good go and um, seeing where we end up in a in a Champions League. Stranger things have happened. Do you know what I mean? So, um, we, we, I mean, let's face it, 2008, did any of us after that ever think we were going to be in any sort of a other major European final again? So these things happen, don't they? Big Marvin said it. Keep believing. Why not? Absolutely, absolutely, and we say that England's just taking the lead in the football. If anybody's taking any notice against North Macedonia, so 
but Rolf, you're not an international football man. So while we're, while we're on the subject, Glenn, Glenn Kamara put another million pound in his asking price today because he scored for Finland earlier on today. I was just about to say that, Rolf. What would be an acceptable price for that, for Kamara? What would you think is a decent amount? I mean, bear in mind he's a full, a Finnish international, plays every game, and what, you know, he's got, he got left. What's he got he's left? Two years left. He's only twenty-six. Hey, hey. Somebody had to say it. What's he got? Two two years left on his deal. Yes. I don't know. I've heard I've heard five million pound thrown about. If we could get five million, I'd rip their hand off for it. I'd absolutely rip their arm off for it. But if we're looking for as I said earlier, if we're looking for five, we'll settle for four. I think. So if we let him go for less than four, whoever gets him has got a steal. But I think I think we should start asking asking for five. If we end up with four, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. Are you Get kind of in agreement, Mark, around that price bracket? Look, listen, five million, I'll be over a minute. Five million, I'll, I'll, I'll go and pick him up and drive him at the airport. Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're going to be getting that kind of money. I think that probably, maybe, maybe four million or five million with add-ons. Um, I think probably to try and get get somebody interested and in, and in kind of somebody biting. Maybe talking about the three million mark. I think and and tell it, that's a that's a great. We know what he's capable of. We were talking probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, that it was fifteen million. And and you know what we wanted we wanted it was the Dembele dollars we were talking about it was proper proper money because it was that good it was it was shown up in Europe shown up week in week out and it, and a lot of times it looked it looked like an absolute Rolls Royce it took a dip well, for whatever reason we've we've kicked that ball about to death but um, for me three million add-ons rising to four five million I think is a great bit of business. Um, but yeah, I think the boy needs to go with it because simple, simple as that. I, I, he's, he's times up. Um, thank him for his service, but I think that's his. It's it's his. Uh, it's his last uh, last hurrah. I'm, I'm afraid he needs to go. Yeah. Brian, can I throw one at you while we're talking about while we're talking about potential international transfers? Yes. Right. The man from Zambia, Fashion Sakala. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Would you, would you would you guys? Let him go if a, if a decent bid came in for him. Bearing in mind that Zambia have qualified for the Afcon, which I believe is probably going to be well, it's usually in January, which means you're probably yeah. going to lose him for a month in January. So, would you, would you let him go this summer if you get a decent decent enough bid for him? And if he did, what is a decent enough bid for him? Well, we were speaking about that in the Daily Rabble this morning, and I, I mean, if you look at his goal contributions last year, as in goals and assists, he was heavily involved in a lot of that. And if he didn't do, you know, the goals and the assists that he did last year, we could have been in serious, you know, a lot worse trouble than what we were. And, you know, he, he, he brings, I, I get that he's a frustrating player. I get that he misses, you know, open goals at times, but he does things that not a lot of people on our team can, can do. He can run at defenders and terrify them. And, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, I, I would I wouldn't be starting the conversation unless it was upwards of eight, ten million. No chance. I wouldn't be starting no, anything near that sort of bracket. No, listen. The boy the boy can go from a world beater. No, yeah. sorry, sorry. Eight, ten million. 
eight ten million, that's going to be on some Celtic Facebook page, isn't it? That really is. Like, honourable saying. Eight ten million. Martin, can you rip up to Forrest and drug test him? <laughs> I'm on my way. I think he's been on the Guinness. Well, he scores, no. he scores for Zambia I'll as well. Tell me a stat, I'll tell you a stat that'll make you feel better. 20 goals in 41 games. That's his stat. That's his stat. So, if you look at his stats, that's brilliant. You look at his, his uh, highlight reel, yeah. he's an enigma. He is what he is. Um, impact player, yes. Off the bench, brilliant. Uh, start the odd game, yes. Um for me it's frustrating it's just very very frustrating as I said it's, it's it can score a world and in the next minute it can, ha- it can, it can put it for a, a throw-in with a shot so I don't know is that is that the type of players that, that moving forward we're trying to we're trying to instill in our team for me no I think realistic price we've paid nothing for him he's probably known great money I, would, I wouldn't think it'd be decent money but I wouldn't think he's in stupid money but see if you get three million for him. I think it's time to move him on. I think he was bought because he was hot prospect, and he was free. Uh, I don't think he was bought to come into any sort of a formation or any sort of a uh, plan to play him in a certain position in the team. So for me, if you get three million, yeah, again, that's another one. I'll pick him up and I'll pick him up and I'll take him down the road. <laughs> see, I, th- I take that point. I take that point on board. Right, I absolutely one hundred percent take that point, Mark. But like Brian said, if you look at last season, he was one of our most important players. He was he scored vital goals. He made a he made a vital contribution from basically when he came into the team until the end of the season. So I take the point that you know going forward, what we want to achieve and where we want to go is fashion Sakala the answer. Probably not, right? But we are right now. We're in a transition right now. We're we'll, we're bringing in the players that he wants. We can't just get rid of everybody in the team that maybe isn't going to be good enough going forward. So would you start with Sakala or would you not keep him as a squad player going forward? I would probably keep him as a squad player if nobody come in with a, a significant bid. I think it'd be all right to keep 100%. Same as, same as Davis, same as Cholak. Um, I think it'd be useful off the bench, like I said. But it was, it was was his stats were good. And, and he done well in a, in a poor Rangers side. Let's face it. I mean, some of that, some of that last season was torture to watch. I mean, we're, we're, let, let's call a spade a spade. It was a hard watch sometimes, watching Rangers last mm-hmm. season. So mm-hmm. for him to be a standout in a really poor team, that, I mean, do you know what I mean? I, us, us four go, for a, go, go to the dancing. I'll look good, but I'm not going to start dancing for diversity. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. Do you know what I mean? No, I, 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 I get that point. I, I, I get it. Look, you, look, you look decent around about some, some, and I'm going to say it, some buying average players. Really? I, I, see that, and I, 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 compl- I completely get that. that. But my point would be that of all the, the, the other players and like, you know, your Scott Wrights, etc. I mean, Ryan Kent's away, all that. If you were offering me one player to keep as a squad player while Michael Beale rebuilds, 100% I'm keeping... Fashion, 100%. I wish I hadn't asked the question now. You know the problem that we've got, right? Is we, we need to get goals from all over the park. It's not just Sakala. Needs to be, we need to be scoring goals from... I mean, Campbell started well. He scored six or seven goals towards the end of the season. We need more of that. We need midfield players. The last midfield player we had that's, that, const, that 
constantly contributed goals with Barry Ferguson. They contributed a lot of goals all the time. We need more what of that. What about Ian Black? We don't, we don't talk about the years that he was at the club. That, that should never even have worn a Rangers jersey. You get back you get back, you get back, you get back stage again. I'm going to get off again. Listen, we've only got five minutes left. I'm going to help you out. We need we need goals from all over the team. Right? We need we, we need double figures from three, four, and five players, and, and some a striker that will score twenty plus. Yes. That's that's what we need. That, and if Sakala's part of that, Sakala's part of that, that's fine. But if he's not, then he's not. I mean, we we can't sell our wingers because Scott Wright's going right. There's, there's talk of Sakala going. The vast majority of the support want Matondo gone. Right, that's not leaving us an awful lot of Kent's away. That's not not leaving us an awful lot. They can't get rid of everybody. Nope. Nope. No. And by the way, if anybody's watching and you've got we've got five minutes left, folks, if you want to get a point in about Sakala or Matondo or Wright or anything, if you phone right now, you'll be brought straight in. 0141-628-7237. Apologies, Brian. And if you if you if you totally agree with Martin, you will get right on immediately. Straight on. Straight on. <laughs> No messing. Now, Wolf, I'll come to you for this one. I was, I was going to ask you. Um, the Rangers Museum opens at the end of July. Um, how you've, you've, uh, did you get a sneak peek of it, Wolf, or was it nope. Martin that got a sneak peek? Martin's been in the building. I can't comment. Well, but you, you know a lot of the curators that have com uh, contributed towards it, Wolf. You know the, you know the authors that you spoke to. Um, how how you know how do you think it's going to stand up compared to others? I think it's going to be absolutely magnificent. I mean, it's not going to be big enough, right? I've not seen it. I've not seen the space that it's in, but I know it's not big enough. I've been told it's not big enough, right? By people whose opinion I respect, right? I'm not saying who they are, but I've but um. I mean, and, and it's it's not. I mean, it could be the entire of Edmonton House, and it wouldn't be big enough for me. The amount, the amount of stuff we've got, the fact that they've not rushed it, is encouraging for me because they could they could have tried to rush it to open it when Edmonton House opened in March and say right, that's a museum open and half arsed it. And I know they haven't half arsed it because they've been to visit museums all over the place, and it's going to be interactive and it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. I was lucky today when the tickets went on sale. I managed to get. To get tickets for the the first the first session, if you like, they're selling them at hourly intervals so that obviously so the place isn't too crowded. Yeah. And it opens at ten o'clock on the thirty first of July, and I'll be kicking the door down because I'll be there waiting for it. Um, and absolutely, absolutely delighted to, to have that uh, that opportunity. I'm a bit disappointed because they did say if you bought an Emmys House package, you'd get first first dibs to have a look at it. All they've done is put put the tickets on sale. In a pre-sale link for Emerson House members, which is fine because I managed to get them. Hmm. But they haven't just limited them to Emerson House members. I managed to get four tickets. I can give them to anybody. Hmm. You know what I mean? But the fact is, I've got and I'm happy. And I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be sensational. And the good thing is, we've got that much stuff to put on display that you could probably go in there, what every other week for the rest of your life and never see, and see something different every time, just because the amount of stuff we've got. I mean, this. I mean, the trophy room itself is a museum. And they reckon that in the trophy room, they've only got about a tenth of the stuff that we've got to display because they keep opening covers and finding more. You know, and I mean, I've, I've spoke to I've spoke to Joe Morrison, the curator, and he sees some of the stuff he's found is incredible. The stuff that they all that they thought was urban myths, 
that they've heard wee stories about them, but that's a myth that can't exist and they find it letters and this and that just bits you know bits and pieces you would never really keep mm-hmm. and they found them in boxes st- stuffed in stuffed in cupboards and it's it's going to be it's something that's long overdue when I've been to museums and clubs all over all over Europe because if I go somewhere and they've got a museum I visit it and I think this is gonna this is gonna be right, Mark, up, right you, up there I think and, and, and I can say yeah. is this up your street sorry I can say that I have seen the space um in Edmiston House when I, I got a, a tour of Edmiston House to see what it would be like for a live show and I got given a sneak peek. And your initial reaction when you see the space is that it's small. However, growing up and working on building sites and in people's houses when it's laid bare and the walls are all stripped back, for some reason it does look small. So it can be deceiving. Um, it might be slightly bigger than what the picture that I've got in my head, but I got like a five or ten second peek at the at the space that's going to be used. Um, I've not been to many other museums and other stadiums, so I, I can't really compare it. Um, I think I went to the Handen Museum when I was away, so I can't really remember how big that is, but I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's quite big, the Handen Museum. Um, so it's just a case of waiting to see what it looks like when it's done. Um, but my first, my very first opinion when I, I got a quick glimpse was small. Just picking up on Shona's comment there. Yes, I believe the Glasgow tour bus will now be stopping outside Ibrox. That's going to be a stop-off point for the open-top Glasgow tour bus because there's a reason to stop there now rather than just looking at the building because mm. there's stuff to do. Whereas previously, in my opinion, there's been nothing to do because the tours were only two days a week and you had to book them in advance and all this sort of nonsense. Mm. At least now we've got a museum to go and they want to encourage people to go yet. So yeah, sure, 100% correct. That, that I believe is going to be a thing, which has got to be good for the club. Yeah. Outside, outside tourist mark, uh, mark, mark. Sorry, um, you know, people coming from, you know, maybe not necessarily football fans, or maybe they are football fans from abroad, but they can even get a chance to, you know, have a walk around and have a look. Yeah, hundred percent. It's about time we kind of brought this this great club of ours into the into the the year two thousand twenty three. Um, this has been something that's been we've been crying about out for. I mean, people. Speak to people all all the time because uh, I'm down south a lot, and they always talk about the history and they always always say good things about it. But now they've got a, a chance to to come up and and actually do the do the stadium tour, then go to the museum and and have a look about and and there's even a nice shop there with a nice cafe and it looks all nice and modern and there's outside seating and do you know what I mean? It, it's it's something that was drastically drastically needed and uh, I'm over the moon that it's happening. Whether it's big enough or not, I mean. Like Wolf says, you could probably fill five or six of these Edmondson houses with, with with the stuff that Rangers have got and the stories and and the bits and bobs and um, yeah, it, I think that it's it's only a good thing. I mean, it's a starting point as well. So let's see how it goes. And I, I dare say, over the years, you're probably going to look at this this Edmondson house getting extended. I'll put my I'll bet, bet my bottom dollar on it that it'll get made bigger at some point. So it's all good. It's all positive. Um, Let's more people see and share in uh, our great club and our great family. So yeah, perfect for me. All, all good. Right, just before we go, while we're on that subject, because I know we're, we're a bit a bit uh, chasing the clock a bit, but, but it always amazed me that we didn't open Ibrox for people to do tours on days when that other lot had a European game. 
Because if I, as a football fan, if I'm going and Rangers are playing Atletico Madrid, I'm going to visit Real Madrid Stadium. Because I'm a football fan and I'm in the city and that's what you do. Similarly, if you, you know, if you're in, I don't know if you're in Prague, you go to as many of the stadiums as you can, whatever. Whereas we've, you know, you've got see, you've you've got them playing, even particularly when Celtic played Hamburg, right? Three thousand Hamburg fans come over. They all want if all want to see Ibrox is locked up. That was mental. That was ridiculous. Yeah. At least we've addressed that now, you know. And it's also nice to see them using new Emerson House for what they should be using it for. Yes, I mean. They announced today that the night before the Hamburg game, they're having like a, a fans party with the Hamburg fans, which is absolutely brilliant. You know, it's it's something some of the local, some of the Rangers pubs are doing. So why shouldn't Rangers do it? You know, make make money. That's what the thing's there for. Somebody at Rangers has a, has a knock in the head, and they're actually thinking sensibly for once. Mm-hmm. You know? I just jump in, Timothy Sharp. See if you're going to the New Edmonton House. Um... And you go into the, 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 the superstore, the shop, where you buy the strips. There's a there's a cafe at the back of it there, so you can go in and get a wee cup of tea and sit and chill for a wee bit, surrounded by all the new strips and stuff like that. So that's where it is. It's in there. You just go up the stairs. Brilliant. Sharpie's got a question for you both. Have you changed internet provider? No, I've got a new laptop. There we go. It was the laptop that was the problem, folks. It wasn't there was internet at all. That was the hardware. It was the hardware. Two wee mice running around a running around a circle trying to keep it powered up. <laughs> I, Fifty pence a I, upgra- I upgraded the cheese. I got better cheese. There oh, we go. There we go. Uh, so that's it, folks. Yeah, that's the hour and a five minutes up. Pretty much. So uh, it's been a that that flew by for me. Um, so thanks to everybody in the comments today, asking questions, commenting on the topics we were speaking about. It's you know it's greatly appreciated. Um, if you want to sign up to Patreon, the link is in the description below. Um, we've got loads of shows, you know, the EPL shows, the Legend series. We have Getting to Know You that Wolf is doing. If any of you guys want to get involved with the Getting to Know You, drop Wolf a line or Martin, and they will get you in touch with Wolf. Or speak, to, or speak to me in Bury on Saturday. If you're down in Bury on Saturday, swap details with me and we'll sort you out for that. If you are down there and you see me, give me a shout. There we go. So yes, uh, plenty CD, plenty sort of shows coming up, and you know it's it's only going to get more and more. We've got the daily rabble now every morning, at least at lunchtime. So just to catch up and everything that's happening or anything we see. So Mark, always a pleasure. Nice to see you again. Thanks very much. Be good to see the Paris. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. Again, just really. just very last thing before we go. Answer Gallant Pioneer. If you if you watch the. Interview I did with Gary about the game on Saturday. You'll find out what top it is. It's actually the top that Rangers team will be wearing on Saturday in the Lee Rugby um, tournament. They're available from the Macron website. You won't get it in time for the game because they make them to order. It takes about three or four weeks to get there. They're 40 quid. But a tenner of that goes to the, the Lee Rugby Foundation. It's a cracking top. So thanks for asking, Gal. It was nice to be able to put that out there. But it's on all the information's on that point I did with Gary. Yep. So again, thanks to Mark. Mark and Wolf, always a pleasure. And thanks to everybody for joining in. And we shall see you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.